Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar. I'm Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe. This week, we are rounding out the year. It is almost the end of 2022, and we are looking back at the overall winners and losers and our personal picks for the best and worst in tech of the year. I think this is going to be fun because I want to start an annual tradition of us just fighting about like the stuff that we love the most and hate the most. We don't need an annual tradition for that. We fight all the time. I just, yes, I, I want to make it a thing. I want to make let's it a thing. Because it. I, yeah, let's codify it. As always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes or really anywhere. It's always super helpful. You could drop us an email at podcast at Engadget.com. And uh, for you listening on the audio feed, you can typically join us live on the YouTube channel, our YouTube channel around 10 a.m. Eastern on Thursdays. Join us. Uh, join the chat. Sometimes we do live demos. It's a fun time. So, Sherlyn, for the past month, maybe more than that, I know you have been uh, organizing our overall winners and losers coverage. And this is something we do every year where mm-hmm. we just kind of take a step back and the entire site that's everybody, everybody writing it in Gadget just kind of pitches their ideas. And, uh, you know, we, we, we compile everything. Yeah. Any broad takeaways from you this year after all this work? So this, I mean, gosh, every year, I feel like the first year it was easier to kind of have people mm-hmm. give us the picks and their, their picks and everything. It gets harder and harder every year. I think this year I might have received the fewest pitches I ever did get. We're uh, all, we're, I, this year, I think we're specifically, we're all very tired. Yeah. Everyone's tired and burned out this year <laughs> because I, I want I want to say it's because suddenly there's an uptick in, in everyone going out and doing stuff again. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot. Everyone's juggling, you know, that work life balance um while shit burns all around us so we got a lot of e- i feel like it was very easy this year to come up with a losers list losers it felt like a lot of losers that's i had yeah. those locked and loaded yeah yeah you you came with like a few and uh everyone pitched the same few things too like uh everyone was like tech bros crypto bros fintech finance bros just, I'm like, just right, elon musk just, every just, bros, just everything right? elon musk yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um so it was like always it's always such like it's like 
you know, pulling out teeth to get anyone to pitch a winner. Uh, we have some people who consistently come to me with like two things, one good, one bad. So we got some winners from there. Uh, and we'll go into the list a little bit in this episode. But this year, I was surprised. Honestly, we have more winners than I expected. And th- ah. we have a very balanced uh, pair of lists this year. That's um, good because when I when you had asked Trillin for, for my suggestion, I was like, what was good this year? What right? is good in general? When last has something been good? Actually, Shall I tell you? In technology. Shall I tell you? Yes. Shall I start? Go for it. So this year, honestly, nothing on Earth was great, but everything outside of Earth, I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> that, that's actually a good way to put it. Right? Everything yeah. outside the planet. Yeah. Everything on Earth, everyone's like, nah, we're good. But we look outside of the Earth this year. And if you look at NASA, NASA had a really good year with the launch of the James Webb Space Telescope, which actually only launched actually launched last year, right? But it right, fully right. deployed, started taking pictures this year. Throughout the year, we receive a lot of pictures of deep space. We talked about it on the episodes uh, of the podcast. And just sh- shout out, like we we had some great guests like the, uh, leading up to James Webb and afterwards. So go check out those episodes, folks. It's super interesting. Absolutely. So then there's, uh, so not only, we we talk a little bit more about James Webb, uh, the space telescope and what it brought for us, but we also not forget uh, the DART project, right? The double asteroid redirection test that NASA conducted this year as well. It basically showed us we could successfully use spacecraft to knock incoming asteroids off their course. Uh, <laughs> uh, limits, caveats yeah, on size limits. and speed and, and, and you know, having to know with enough preparation time in advance. But I do, I do know, like, they watched Armageddon or they watched, what was the other movie? <laughs> there was another asteroid movie. Deep but Impact. No. Deep Impact. No. Deep Impact, but it wasn't about going to the asteroid. But it's certainly, I think a lot of us are like, huh, that seems scary. That seems like we we have no way to protect ourselves. So sure, yeah. let's, uh, let's test this out. That's cool. Maybe it was don't look up. <laughs> and then that was also don't look up. And that was, mm. hey, yeah. Oh, gosh. That was anyway, last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we look at like that as a specifically as a winner, we've got outer space or NASA. I, I, some, I also struggle sometimes to come up with these uh, subheadings. So when you guys see uh, the articles uh, go on the website, basically we have individual writers write up the blurbs and then, you know, we workshop some of these subheadlines together. And then initially I was like, oh, just the James Webb Space Telescope. But actually you felt like NASA. NASA a bunch had a win. I mean, there's uh, the Artemis mission where they were, you know, they mm-hmm. sent the shuttle uh, basically to the moon and orbited around the moon to get ready for a future man flight that's cool yeah. that's good stuff yeah. yeah a lot of tests a lot of wins in space and spacecraft um basically nasa and other competing like you know space rocket ship agencies or companies had a good time it's good um, it's also like the i feel the subtext of a lot of science fiction of uh you know the world is falling apart so we just look up and we yeah. get the heck out of here um so hey, sure we're hi. actually making also, it real Elon Musk didn't bother about Mars, uh, about, you know, space this year. I don't know if that's a win for them. That probably is a win for space. What's, uh, yeah, we will, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll that. But c- certain things got in the way of his Mars ambitions, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, blessing in disguise for some people. But, okay, the other, another winner, and there's, I'm going to go through uh, quite a few of them. Sure. Uh, this year, another winner. And it's not technically a this year, but hey, do you remember when we played Wordle, Hurdle, Cordle, Planetle, Hurt, all the Durldles? This the year, this year more than anything, games based on Wordle and Wordle itself mm-hmm. score big. Um, okay. If you think about it, Wordle, what only launched actually? Well, he, uh, Josh Wardle, a software engineer in the a British software engineer, launched the game or created the game late last year for him and his partner to play during the pandemic. Um, and only really it took off 
I want to say starting in December last year, but really gained traction this year. And uh, the New York everyone, Times bought it in January. So it's like, exactly. yeah. Exactly. For yeah. Uh, some of in the low seven figures. That's a lot mm-hmm. of money. That's at least. That's a, a lot of money for a web game. So yeah. sure. <laughs> so Josh Wardle won. Okay. Let's he put won. it that way. Sure. He for sure won. But then <laughs> all these other games spawn, like we said, Hurdle, Birdle, you know, et cetera. There, um, every every like Birdle? little sub community has, there must be a Birdle. But I, I see one for like actors in movies or specific scenes in movies. Yeah. So sure. Sure. Hurdle. I I I mean, every, and then every every game has its own difficulty. So it's like, oh, do you play Hurdle? Oh, I'm so good at Wordle. I'm like, I oh, can't man. do Wordle. My I was so bad sucks. at Wordle. I was also bad at Wordle I in general. Wordle. So mm. yeah, I loved it. it was I'm glad. Based on I'm glad people have love out there. Yeah. So that is a clear winner. And honestly, the fact that we could come up with two clear winners this year already, I was like, wow, that that's a win. <laughs> we that's a won. Win. That's Although I think some people argued that the New York Times ended up like kind of killing the fun of Wordle yeah. because it was pushed behind the paywall, right? Like you have to subscribe yeah. to it to use Wordle now. And also people didn't like the puzzles, but whatever. Okay. I, I don't mind. I mean, I, I, I like the other New York Times puzzles. I like the crossword and spelling bee. Um, Wordle fits really nicely, but you're right. I, I don't even play Wordle anymore, which is sad. It got, but, it got yeah, it got too big too quickly, yeah. but okay. Yeah. So Wordle, a clear win. And next one, what do you what do you what do you think is also on our list, uh, Devendra? Like, is there anything that's glaring uh, and that mm-hmm. I haven't mentioned so far? Well, I've been thinking about things, and one thing I would have mentioned as my ultimate pick, and it's certainly up there, is probably the Steam Deck. Like that probably okay. got out there. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, the Steam Deck is on our list. Uh, Sam right. Rutherford pitched Valve's Steam Deck as one of the best things this year. He really enjoyed it. He says that there's not a lot of people who make handheld PCs anymore or handheld gaming uh, Windows machines anymore. Yeah, there's a Nintendo Switch, but it's really so limited to Nintendo's platform. And yes, there are some issues with the Steam Deck's controllers, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's like not a like a widespread problem it's for like a specific it's, use case uh, issue, right? Honestly, every game controller has certain problems because of the way they make analog sticks. So yeah, um, there there's a new type of like magnetic analog stick that could fix this eventually down the line. This is a good one, by the way, because uh, I ended up out of uh, just like desperation, really. Like I saw a lot of people I know who weren't really PC gamers ended up buying Steam Decks. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go for it. So I had canceled my reservation last year. I redid it this year. By, I think, September, they were just like selling them regularly so you didn't have to reserve. And all I do with this machine that cost me like nearly $700 is play Vampire Survivors, <laughs> which is a game I would recommend to you, Sherlyn. Yeah, it Because it's good. very much... Um, it is one of those games where you don't attack, you don't do anything, you just move and you're a character that moves around and spits out weapons and hordes of enemies just keep coming at you. It's so simple and so satisfying and it looks like an old school like 16-bit game, you know, most of the time. Um, but it is like a $3 game. You know, it's a little oh, tiny nice. little game, tiny little 2D yeah. game. But because I don't have to be strapped to my PC to play it, I could play it in bed after I put, you know, my kids down to sleep and I have like a little bit of energy to game, I could get some time in there, I could play some other PC games. I don't really have time to come down to my office and use my desktop PC to game so many times. uh, Because it's really sad because I've got a 4090 in here right now. And it it breaks my heart. Um, So yeah, Steam Deck, I totally get it. It's great. This is, uh, yeah, I'm tempted. I feel like I want to get one, but I, I, that's, yeah. 
Well, the, the, so there are other things coming, um, actually. So there are a whole bunch of these devices right now, but they've been mainly coming from like Chinese uh, device makers. And you had to buy them online. You didn't know who they were coming from. So James True, our friend from last week, um, wrote up the Ioneo Air yes. Pro. Mm-hmm, so he wrote mm-hmm. that up, but also I saw Dave Lee or Dave 2D on YouTube also uh, do another Ioneo device, which is even more powerful than the Steam Deck. So we're going to see more and more of these things. They're going to yeah. get they're going to get better. Like the screens are going to get better. So there's going to be something for you to buy soon, Sherlyn, for sure. Didn't Riot or Razer make one with like some other hardware uh, person in China as well? Was it like? Alibaba, they, each one of those. They they could have partnered, but honestly, they like yeah, every yeah. every company is trying to do this thing, and I think the thing about Steam Deck uh, that is interesting is that it's not just this Ioneo device is a Windows PC, right? So you go in and you're at the Windows desktop and you have to set up everything. The Steam Deck is based on Steam. If you have a Steam account, most PC gamers do. Your library is there. It's easy to get. Like it's super easy. It's a great user experience. Um, so I yeah, it's a pretty big deal what Valve is doing. I'm sure. I am sure Nintendo's like, huh, we thought mm-hmm. we were the only like super popular portable gaming device yeah. around, but uh, things are getting hot and heavy right now. Uh, even yeah. Microsoft, uh, together with Logitech, we talked about this, the cloud gaming device. That one's so just I, stream I, games, but yeah. I, I was going to say, so Mark Dell in the chat. So hi, Mark, mm-hmm. uh, hey, Mark, one of our regular viewers in the chat reminded me uh, Logitech made some with Tencent. Uh, and that was the collaboration I was thinking of. Yeah, no, absolutely. Th- that one I'm ex- kind of excited for because Logitech has so much expertise in gaming. It's interesting, but also it's like wi- wireless game streaming is so dependent on your internet and you can have so many issues. So I would rather have a device that could do both. They could play like if you're on the subway, right, and has its own hardware to do stuff. So Mark Dell says he has the Ioneo Air. I hope you're liking it. I want to test out the Ioneo 2, which is the one that seems super powerful and has like a beautiful OLED like a nice screen, a nice edge to edge screen. So anyway, this is going to be a good category this year or going into 2023. Uh, uh, it's also related to one of the losers that we will get to later. Okay. Uh, later. But let's clear really quickly, just kind of summarize the next few, uh, the, the remaining winners on our list. We've got the Pixel 6a from Matt Smith. Uh, <laughs> Matt always pitches. He's, he's going to be, so Matt Smith is going to join us soon to talk about his personal picks, but mm-hmm. Pixel and we'll 6a, ask him to justify yeah. this in a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You can't take the gadget blogger out of the boy, basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, uh, what other wins? Oh, Apple Watch Ultra was my personal uh, pick for the winners of the year because just because of all the smartwatches, the pro smartwatches and the smartwatches that people were really hyped for this year, the Apple Watch Ultra is the only one that really delivered. I mean, if you look at the yeah, Galaxy yeah. Five, Galaxy Watch Five Pro, I, I never actually look at those. So okay, Don't. but if I'm talking about the industry as an industry uh-huh. watcher, right? That thing, bland, boring, whatever. Then mm-hmm. you look at uh, Pixel Watch. Bland, boring. <laughs> no, it's not bland and boring. We like it, uh, but it's disappointing. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a letdown. It sounds like you're voicing my opinions now about Google devices, shh, but okay. Shh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Shh. It's okay. Just go. Yeah. Uh, and then and then so Apple Watch, the Watch Ultra, it actually delivered something unique to the Apple Watch, but still is a very capable device. It's bulky, sure, but it is well thought out. So I don't know. And and actually, I, I wrote this uh, into the blurb and you will see it when it's published by, I do admit my very selfish personal reason uh, for that putting it on the list. you went into the woods with it and you got to do 
cool Damn stuff. Damn it! Yeah. Spoil yeah. the article, but that is the truth. Yes, basically because it let me uh, go to on a hike for work, uh, and that's my, why it was a winner for me. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. Our winners of 2022. Oh, there's also a few more, right? Mastodon and Twitter clones definitely had a great yeah, year. Obviously. Yeah, there, there's because there's gonna be a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mastodon had a good year because of why a loser. Uh, let's let's move on to our losers. I want to tell you that like a lot of these pair with our winners, right? A lot of things won because of the losers having a spectacularly fail whale of a year. So the biggest loser this year, and which is one of the reasons Mastodon is a winner, is Twitter. Devendra, you wrote up this blurb. Oh, you want to tell people <laughs> who it's don't just, already know we, why We've Twitter talked lost. about this so much, but uh, <laughs> going back and writing this blurb about what have we lost with, with whatever the hell is going on with Twitter, and we have lost so much, you know? Like, And my thing is, like, it's not just what Elon Musk did. It's also, like, I'm mad at the people who used to be in charge of Twitter who were, like, this dude was just like, hey, I'm going to give you way more money than this company is worth. And they were like, yes, sir. Forget about social good. Like, forget about the good this company does. We just want to cash out. So I'm mad at them. Uh, like Parag Agrawal, the former CEO, like he got a pretty big payout. And then what Musk is doing with it uh, is is basically just being a whiny baby and turning it into his own little fiefdom of, uh, you know, right wing grievances and whatnot. Um, the Twitter files. We are living through the era of the Twitter files, which is the most stupid like ridiculous thing Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. is people like right-wing journalists who and quote-unquote journalists who are like going out and just being like hey twitter moderated content that's bad but no no that's what every company does it's funny because elon musk is a free speech warrior that's what his big his big pitch was and now i think very quickly he's like oh no that's actually a disaster for for a social network especially when you're legally liable for it and he's slowly like pulling back on that whole idea too so yeah twitter lost and i think we lost as a society too for uh for kind of losing twitter as this platform maybe maybe it'll come back you know i have been very inspired by uh the story of like tumblr and kind of like what happened there because i don't i'm not sure if you're aware what's going on with tumblr sherlin but remember uh verizon our former employer yep i remember yeah Sold Tumblr to Automatic, the company behind WordPress, for like $3 million, right? We were like, huh, Yahoo spent a billion dollars for Tumblr, and it was sold for $3 million. So like, that's interesting. Um, but Automatic is like one of the few companies on the web who are out there like trying to do good stuff. So like WordPress is a great product. A lot of everything they do is like trying to contribute to the wider overall structure and power of the web too and enabling users. So uh, Tumblr is like thriving now. Like it's doing really well. I want to restart my Tumblr because of how well it's doing. So yeah, some old things will come back. Sorry. Oh yeah. Old old things will come back. I I new things are popping off, thriving, you know, Mastodon, even though people uh, are sounding off in our chat saying that a lot of people, you know, joined it and then never logged back in. Like, yes, you kind of want to go in there, stake your claim on your handle or your username. Oh, absolutely. Go get your handles, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, we don't really talk about Hive. I don't think Hive is a good alternative at this point. Hive died. Like, Hive pretty much died because of... uh, They had to shut down because of security issues, so... Yeah. Yeah. So so Hive kind of like net benefit or loss, right? It's just like nothing net neutral. So we're gonna we're leaving it out of any of our lists. But um, so Twitter had a spectacularly bad year. I also want to say Elon Musk's other businesses, uh, like Tesla, are are you know like kind of 
collateral damage. Uh, someone in our KP in our chat mentions that Tesla stock is a loser too. It's a um, loser, and Musk had to sell a lot of Tesla stock just to like keep the Twitter deal going. I think personally, like if we if we were to yeah, he, he is probably the biggest loser of the year. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. We'll yeah, that we will get to our personal list in a little bit, but this is a big bad year for Twitter uh, for many, many reasons. Um, another speaking of Elon Musk and soft people getting hurt, um, I don't know if that made any sense, <laughs> but soft hey, boys, the soft, soft boys. Yeah. I don't want to generalize and characterize all of you with the same thing, but this is how I feel about crypto. <laughs> uh, big loser this year, crypto, FTX, and all the related uh, venture or industries. Basically, cryptocurrencies, the bubble finally burst. We have Dan Cooper from our team who wrote uh, a very long blurb, basically an article on why crypto and FTX uh, had had a really was a big, 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 big loser this year. Um, not only did the bubble burst, we saw the prices of Bitcoin and Ethereum plummet this year. Still pretty high. I mean, they just basically went from like an overinflated 50 something thousand dollars to like maybe 17,000 for Bitcoin. Um, but I think it's more that like the Sam Bankman Freed and FTX, the fact that people were just over, like just, just throwing money at something that wasn't really clear it was kosher, right? Like it wasn't really sh clear that B FTX was this actually- This is also, I have to yeah. say, it feels like an alternate universe too, because I have gone happily for the past several years of never hearing the name Sam Bankman Freed, right? I and once all, either, this stopped, yeah. once all this stuff started happening, I'm like, wait, he had a freaking like Forbes profile. Like people were like, he was on all the business shows. He was on all the business things. They're like, this young kid's a genius. And I'm like- these people live in a completely separate universe than I do, and I think most people do, but the amount of damage they can do is frightening, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, I mean, I, I also think that people just gave this group of people too much power, control, and too much money and faith and, and like, overvalued it's, yeah. everything. It's, uh, uh, and you, you see the greed, right? You see the greed of so much of the tech sector, but also so much of the finance sector, too, because I feel like that's the whole crypto coin thing is like even like supposedly smart uh venture capitalists are like uh, yeah i don't know how this is working blockchain crypto decentralize <laughs> exactly. all the things here's a hundred exactly. million dollars make it a billion dollars please and it's it's all such like a house of cards so yeah it's it's i guess not surprising to see it all fall apart and overdue i think it was overdue i kind of uh, uh, was like oh, so much shot in Farada, and and I was like, yes, <laughs> all the popcorn. Like again, I feel mean doing this, but sometimes I feel like I'm not too mean. I feel I feel bad for the people this. who have genuinely lost money because some people have put in like their life savings on into these things and are just like genuinely screwed. And there is no help. There's no help for you because these are decentralized things that aren't protected by anything, you know, by the U.S. government compared to exactly maybe some other losses or even like putting money in a bank. So. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So uh, it's clear crypto big loser this year, uh, only fueled by the FTX uh, fiasco. Uh, some of our other losers on the list, Avendra, care to venture a guess? I know you sure. contributed one uh, more, that's a bit more personal. I, I mean, the, the Google, every so many, ah. I can like throw a dart at so many Google things like Stadia. So how about How about just like being like, having all these partners preparing stuff and getting ready for Stadia and Google's like, Hey guys, um, it's done. We're done with Stadia now. Remember we were well, going to change the world of gaming forever. 
I'm, I'm oh, bored. Devendra. I'm bored now. Devendra. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. You got one. You got <laughs> one. The, the get, let's put it on the board. Yes. One of the losers, Google Stadia this year. Uh, it almost was like a, a catch, like a all things Google <laughs> was one of the losers, but we decided to uh, be more specific and focused. Because you Stadia. didn't want to say I was right. I think that's why, also why it's like just no, a big just, Devendra was right category about Google. Yeah. No, it was more. We'll talk about this later in the show. But it was more <laughs> that I didn't want to write another blurb. <laughs> I no, was like, I'm done. I feel that. No, I but feel that. yeah. yeah. Uh, but Matt, who's joining us later in the show, wrote uh, very clearly why Stadia uh, failed this year. Not to. I mean, first of all, it died. It officially died this year. Google put it they in were, the graveyard. They it's a sort of. It didn't just like die a natural death. It was like Google walked out and put a bullet in its head, and every everyone around was like sitting and was like, "Hey, Stadia." And it's like while people were like watching this horse go on a show, Google's just like, boom, sorry. Yeah. Oh man, I love <laughs> well, Google. I don't yeah. know. It was I Matt can explain this better than me, but mm-hmm. it was like it was also kind of like a will they or won't they situation for a while there too. It was like, are they are they gonna we think it's gonna happen? No, no. And then they finally yeah. came out and, and said, Yeah, it. we're shuttering I mean, uh, Google and everyone's like I knew this, but I still am a little yeah. shocked. Y- yeah. You could go back to our first discussions around this where I was like this is just all pure hubris um, uh, on Google's part, right? Like we're, yeah. we're going to change gaming forever. Uh, forget about all these other companies that have already messed in game streaming and know the gaming landscape. We're Google. Whatever we do matters. Okay. I I hate this company. I hate the, I hate the way Google runs. And I think yeah. one thing um, we've talked about and some people have mentioned is that I, I think it's just because of the way Google's managed in that projects get started and they're like, mm-hmm. we're going to change the world. And the people who led mm-hmm. that project are like, they they move somewhere else in the company, and it's forgotten. It's completely dead, and uh, it's just it's just very sad. What, can, can I mention one potential loser before yeah. we move on? Because we're gonna bring in Matt soon. I, I, I do want to throw a shout out to uh, to Toyota for being a complete loser this year as well, because I feel like it, it's really been hidden under everything else that happened, but. Toyota released an electric vehicle this year, folks. It's called the BZ4X, the worst name ever. They had to completely recall all of those vehicles because the wheels flew off. Jesus Toyota! To- the, the company behind, sa- like, that is known for safety. But also, we also learned this year that Toyota was, like, secretly lobbying against EVs because they were like, hey, hybrids are great, guys. Let's just keep doing hybrids forever. So I, I've lost a lot of respect for Toyota. Just That's Dead. just me. Sad. Sad. Don't buy. Don't buy a BZ4X, folks. Uh, Toyota is on our list, as well as two other things. I'll blaze right through. Number one, uh, um, Peloton, and actually a lot of other home fitness tech uh, companies. Really, I think had a bad year. Peloton specifically, because we can point to examples of it having to, you know. Look, losing his hardware sales basically, and then like having to switch to a third party manufacturer. Um, but the fact is, everyone went back to the gyms. That's it, like that, that happened. So And sorry also people about- were like desperate to get out of the house too. That was also the yeah. other thing. Your your Peloton, which was your savior, ended up being like your your jail, your prison in a way. Yeah. So I have a mm-hmm. my friend Michelle, who I've talked about on this podcast before. Hi Michelle, I'm, pro- I'm sure you're probably listening. Hey. <laughs> um <laughs> she she like gets is very guilty now about her Peloton bikes just gathering dust at home where the, to the point where she'll just And that you're paying monthly app. for, by the way. You're paying exactly. monthly while it's gathering exactly. dust. I hate exactly it's such a stupid price structure we will get into that Mm -hmm. in an episode i'm sure but but so she's like oh yeah i'll just do a core session now five minute core like it just justifies in people's heads you know i guess it's keeping people active at home but we all want to be outside uh and then the last uh thing i can recall on our losers losers list is um 
period tracking apps and digital privacy. Let's not forget this year with the overturn, the Dodds ruling of uh, uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned. It, it led to a lot of issues happening. I think it's this is a hard one because it's kind of a maybe a net neutral again. We had some wins in the sense that it forced a lot of period tracking apps to improve their privacy policies to like become better about not tracking people's sensitive information. But at the same time, we learned that there, I mean, people who use period tracking apps don't have very good options and could be very, you know, could be in especially the most vulnerable uh, of those users. It's it's just yeah. tricky. Data, data privacy was a big loser this year because of what's happening outside of tech. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that and our winners list, uh, they're going to be two separate articles. The best and worst of the year will be coming up, I think, on our site sometime next week. So stay tuned to Engadget for all the end. Let us know what your additions to our list might be. Send your thoughts, podcast at Engadget.com. Okay, Sherlyn, thank you so much for giving us a nice breakdown of our, you know, our, our overall site choices for the best and worst of the year. But I want to fight about it. I want to oh, see how you actually feel personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, joining us to talk about this is Matt Smith. Stepping into the ring. Okay. What's up, Matt Smith? Ding, ding, ding. Hello, everyone. Hello. Merry festive period <laughs> and the rest. We're, yeah. Matt is here in a festive sweater that you all can't see, but check out the live stream. Um, I think it looks a lot like Eva Unit Three, but that's just me. I feel like I feel I like you chose that, that on is. purpose, Matt. Um, oh, Sherlyn, you should watch Evangelion. Uh, but but I okay. Let's talk about our best and worst picks, and I'm not going to kick this off, Matt. Since you were the guest, tell us what is your overall pick for the best thing you've seen this year in tech and the worst thing. Yeah, the funny thing is, for tech-wise at least, I you've covered both my winner and loser already because I was very thoughtful and contributed to both stories. So sweet. Uh, so my pick was Pixel 6a, which was uh, the very latest cheap Google phone. We, we actually um, didn't talk about like, it much because we were like, that. I'm oh, going to let Matt deal with that. Yeah. So go. Yeah. go. Well, that's very kind of you. Then I will talk about it then. I mean, if the last couple of years, it hasn't really changed much. The point is that this is just the phone if your friends and family need a new Android phone, just buy them whatever Pixel A is out at that point. Wait for Black Friday, get it for $100 less, and just live your life. That It just solves all the problems. The camera is incredibly good, and more crucially, like the iPhone, it can just take good photos, whoever uses it. And I think that's such an important thing. You can have the biggest sensors, the biggest number of buttons, the biggest, you know number of lenses to swap between but the point you know the buck stops at whoever takes the photo and the pixels and the iphones are kind of leagues beyond everyone else just because even an idiot can take a good picture with them. <laughs> I, I, I'd argue that the Google uh, cameras are still better than the iPhone. Look, even as I mean an iPhone 14 Pro these days, and I think that the photos are comparable, when you when it comes to things like portrait mode... It's when the it image processing, to, yeah. The image better. processing, yeah. uh, Google still takes the best pictures on that, uh, on that front. So yeah, Pixel 6 AI, I respect that choice. That's why I was like... All right, sure. Let's put good. this on. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I think I was I was looking at other pri- previous mm-hmm. years, and I have written written about the Pixel phone several <laughs> every times. Year. I know. Oh no, I, every year I'm like, oh, I Matt, must... pitch another Pixel. All right. The, I mean, no, the but... other phone thing that I was thinking. Sorry, uh, go ahead, Shin. Oh no, I just a quick note also to say that like the A series phones are always like they they've gotten more time than their predecessor, like the flagship launch, to iron out some of the software kinks too. So by the time the A series is out, you generally also have a phone with more stable software. That's true. Yeah. That's totally true. And especially this year where they've got the Tensor chip in it, that would make so much more sense. Like that's like a serious part of the phone that they've mm-hmm. had to get used to and make sure 
the software is is running smoothly. The other phone thing that kind of came up was um, I've actually had the Galaxy Flip 4 yeah. for longer than Samsung normally lets me have one. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. They're, just, they're just good phones now. They're foldable yeah. phones that are just... Just good period. Like the cameras are catching up. Like if I yeah, if I had one wish for the Flip Five, it would be cameras comparable to the mm. S. So you're, you're probably phones. eager to see what Google does with the flip phone, right, Matt? Like that. Yeah, have yeah. Seen I mean, the I, I, links I, out there. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. Uh, Oppo today just announced their latest foldables, and they've gone for a kind of squattier look, which I find a adorable and b intriguing. Uh, so it's like it's more the form factor of the the Galaxy Fold. So it's a squarish primary surface, but they, the screen on the front of it is much bigger and kind of like a normal phone. Uh, but the curses even in the UK is some of these phones just don't make oh, it. Yeah. So it's just these Chinese companies beating their chests I, and I feel like not actually delivering these phones. My dream is like I would love to eventually see something that looked like the old uh, the Sony Ericssons like before the iPhone took over, but like the beautiful Sony Ericssons that could like fall down to that shape but explode into a nicer, bigger screen when I need it. And uh, I miss that. I miss Sony Ericsson designs. Yeah. I yeah, will I say, I, yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I would like, I'd like um, a horizontal large display. I'm not really into the square. It doesn't make sense for movies or writing or anything. Like with a horizontal display, you'd have space for typing and to see your word processor or your web browser or whatever. I will say like the Z Fold 4 is something that I wanted to add to our list and it was on there. It was on my short list. As best? But then I, I as one of the winners, mm. the Fold 4, and then I spoke with Sam and I was like, do you who think Who owns it's a it? Sa- Sam is one of the few crazy people out there I know who he walks one, around yeah. with the Fold. I'm like, yeah. wow, you're doing it, Sam. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He loves it and he owns mm-hmm. one. And, and even he was like, well, it's not really, you know, good enough because it's not that much different from the Z Fold 3, if you think about it. And so when I thought about that and, and I... I, I wanted to add either the Fold Three or the Flip uh, Fold Four or the Flip Four on, but it's I, it still doesn't feel like they've done enough to be winners. Mm-hmm. You know, although I, I think the Flip getting cheaper and basically being at the point where it's like it's kind of boring too. It's like hey, hey, the yeah. Samsung did it, and I think that element is uh, is good for mainstream adoption. So sure, yeah, to- totally gives yeah. them some credit there. You'd be intrigued how many people still are like, wow, there's folding smartphones now. Like oddly enough, a lot of people don't. And you see yeah. them in like, you know, the trailers before a movie yeah. in yeah. the movie theaters. You see them on buses. You see them on massive posters. But there's so many people that are like, oh, wow, that's when they yeah. see you kind of crumple up you wanna, the smartphone in you your palm be the at person, the pub or in the bar. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's, you want to be the person at the bar where like you just put it on the, on the counter. You're like, huh, look at me. Yeah. Huh, talk to me. Still no text messages. <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all are inspiring me to take my flip out more now. I know that's I'm true. That's true. It'll get, that's vying for my attention as main Android phone uh-huh. in my in I know, my same. in my pocket. It's exactly. like walking around with a puppy, basically, and it's like it's so eh. cute. it's so cute. It's so unique. Yeah. Okay. When what's I want what's your to talk to me. what's your biggest loser, Matt? Or big, you know, the worst. Well, in tech. this one you did talk about, but you did a very good job at delivering on it. Stadia. I mean, the funniest thing is the fact that two months before they did. <laughs> You, excuse my language shit can uh-huh. it Every, the room was like oh, they're gonna cancel stadia and then there was this huge like like panic from all the stadia users like the, the subreddit on stadia went crazy and then google was like no no we're definitely not closing it and the reason everyone overreacted because it was so <laughs> uh-huh. gonna happen like uh-huh. it was so likely to happen it felt like it was going to it, happen. it was like and google slowly it it's happen. like the placemat thing where you pull the placemat out from under dishes and google's like slowly like 
no, 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 no. See, everything, everything's fine. Nothing's moving on the table. Everything. And then one day, just yank. Uh, what is funny is uh, I have talked to several PC makers who I can't really divulge right now. And they were like in direct partnership with Google to make Stadia streaming devices. And they made these things. Oh, they look like they have Stadia the, the, the killer. It's amazing. The killer was four days, maybe less. Mm-hmm. After the Stadia closure announcement, they announced this range of yep. Chromebooks yep. tailor-made yep. for cloud gaming. Yep. Google, you know, Google-branded Chromebooks from many manufacturers aimed at cloud gaming that I guess some poor intern <laughs> had to, like, scrape off the Stadia sticker <laughs> on boxes or, also, you, know, like, you know, next yeah, to the Intel inside. The entire just... team uh, working on those devices are completely separate from the Stadia service, too. They're like, our new babies! Yeah. Throw them into the ocean. Oh my god! Basically, yes. Throw yeah. these babies into the ocean. Oh, oh my god! Imagine the people. And then one of the things we were saying, I think you mentioned in your blurb too, is that there's a lot of hardware that now goes unused, and I think there's what finding ways to fix it so that you can use the hardware with other <sighs> uh, services. But they are issuing refunds, but they're it. not refunding everyone. It's just kind of they're, they're not yeah. refunding subscriptions. If you the were pros, yeah. If you were crazy enough to do that Stadia Pro subscription, uh, sorry, you're screwed. Uh, if you bought games then they are refunding those or if you bought the hardware hey folks uh xbox game pass is right there xbox game pass is right yeah i'm almost there, there. i'm almost there just almost there. it's all um, it's a get, if get, I can get move a on controller like... pair it to your computer or whatever you got yeah. tvs you can pair your xbox controller to a tv I would like I would like xcloud to appear on my lg oled then i'm, I'm probably in like mm-hmm. that, will, that is, is that all it's gonna take uh I think so. Like, I just, I think I need something to make it easier than playing it through a browser and then pulling it to my TV. Mm. Or, yeah, there's no, there's not going to be any sticks. I do, so. Yeah, they're not going to do that. I do imagine, like, it, it is just an app. It is just an app and you have to guarantee the TV has good internet, you know, and that's yeah. all they need. I, that's I, all it should really yeah. take. I have a question for you, Devendra. Mm-hmm. We're not fighting a lot in this. We're all agreeing with each other. Okay. Where's okay. the fight? Let's, uh, let's, uh, what's, uh, what's, what's, what's one, what's I'll, I'll advocate for Stadia right oh, now. Oh, before, uh, no. why? That's, that's insane. insane. That's absolutely that's insane. Because I want to fight. Can I say one more? Yeah. yeah can yeah. I make one more very selfish loser of the year mm-hmm. before we move yes. on? Yes. Uh, Me? <laughs> The very selfish loser of the year is Matt Smith's verified on Twitter Bluetooth, oh, which is now completely worthless. No, I completely like mine. I like mine. It says uh, this account's verified, legacy yeah, verified, legacy. legacy. I'm a legacy, y'all. I like it. Me or but me if not you be click notable. on your own profile, yeah. the wording is different to when someone else clicks. Oh, on. really? It's oh. really funny. No, I see. So you'll see something different mm-hmm. to what everyone else. Sees. I see on mine. So now, we all see legacy. On it yours. does say legacy, but it does yeah. say may or may yeah. not be notable. So I, I don't. Yeah, know. I said that too. Yeah. It's slowly. It's slowly getting out there but no our rip the value of the blue check which was Worth never maybe value. i'll add that well i mean i'll add that to mm-hmm. the twitter blurb i'll mm-hmm. add that uh, yeah okay sherlyn so you want to yeah, fight my, specifically my tweet you want to yeah. fight sherlyn yeah tell us your tell us your picks oh you're not gonna fight me on this you're gonna support me on this okay. number i i mean this is kind of a not a controversial mm-hmm. but kind of kind of maybe a net mm-hmm. neutral not a winner or loser okay winner for me one of the winners this year i thought accessibility really had a moment this year it really did if you look at uh microsoft opening the accessibility lab and the making its adaptive mouse you look at google having built in the um uh talkback feature for the camera app on the pixel 7 basically every big launch this year or a lot every big company this year had a major accessibility launch it feels like we're having traction we're gaining some momentum in people and big companies in tech especially paying attention to that i don't want to claim all the credit for them doing that. But uh, I want to say because we're collectively as a group 
calling for more uh, assistive features uh, and and pay more attention to the space. Now, is the work ever going to be done? No. Is there always going to be more work that needs to be done? Yes. We're always going to need to, you know, be working on this crucial, like constantly thinking about including other people or everyone uh, in designing features and products. But I don't know. I feel like 2022, man, there was mm. a, a big push, a big movement and things came out great if i gotta i, mean, I gotta I don't ask know, they though, came out great not not to like push back on the feature because accessibility stuff is good i do think some of the stuff feels very performative from these companies especially a company like google where i'm like i can't trust you at all i can't trust anything you're saying to me about features about products about your your personal philosophy at this point so do you like do you have a preference for them like or is there one company where you think is doing this better than others because i can't I, take google seriously at this point no i do i i, I would say microsoft i think that lab that we saw i'm uh it is a thoughtful approach i think in my mind microsoft has one of the best um you know, approaches to accessibility and inclusive design. I will say Apple has always had like been known as or named as the industry leader when it comes to this. Um, But Microsoft this year, you know, I, I liked, I always thought, again, I have met with their chief accessibility officer, Jenny Lay Fleury, and she is a person who's deaf, hard of hearing. Um, And, you know, having people with different needs work, it's like the the mantra in accessibility uh, and assistive design is nothing about us without us. And I think that Microsoft does that very well. I think Apple also does that. Um, I'm not as sure about Google. I think Google tries and, and actually they mentioned like one of their um, last year, one of the features they, they, or projects they launched was a related to speech impediments. Um, it will generate sort of a unique AI uh, speech model based on every person's, like it will be trained on each person, right? So like you would set up your, use your app and then talk to it and say some of the phrases and it'll use what it gets from you to generate a, a speech model for you specifically so that people who have maybe certain speech impediments can mm-hmm. use that to generate like computer voice yeah. text. Or Certainly like the that. best so, use of that tech I've seen because there, there's agreed. a lot of scary stuff about generative speech and things yeah. and, and generative text. So yeah, it'll be Hey, speaking of generative mm-hmm. text, I, I think I did put this on the actual winners list. I feel like AI stuff won a little bit this year, no? Sort of. I Sort of? Sort of, yeah. So, I mean, it certainly, think- I think it impressed us more than anything, but it's also like, it also unearthed the complete Pandora's box of like, oh no, this is, this is actually really complicated and kind of scary for artists for, you know, for like what these what AIs are built on and how they present us. Like, yeah, it, it's been a confusing yeah. year for AI, maybe a big year, but a confusing one. Yeah. So I, 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 again, I have two more really quick, yeah. one more yeah. winner, personal win, fitness. <laughs> And health. And That's Matt good. introduced me to F45 this year. And it was all like his doing. It was all Matt's <laughs> fault, really, that this year I became a gym nut. I mean, I didn't say, hey, Sherlyn, tweet about it. Put it on your Instagram stories daily. Talk about what it. What is F45, Talk about it nerds. whenever other humans are around. Gym rats. Matt, that you wasn't can, me. Matt, what you can F45? tell people what, yeah. It's a uh, high-intensity interval training thing. So it's like 45-minute sessions. So you just destroy yourself and then you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, like when, I do when, that when, daily. I just <laughs> I don't have to go parenting. to the gym for that. Yeah, parenting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could, you yeah, you could destroy yourself mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. <laughs> physically if you want. Um, no, when Matt took me to my first class in when I was visiting London earlier this year, I was like so scared. I was like, I, oh no, it's gonna be so hard. And Matt was kind of nice. 
You were nice. You were nice. You weren't on the mat scale. I was. Yeah. Nice, Did I you think. push her to yeah. the front of the class and make her like have to follow along with the instructor while everybody watched? I feel like that would be. I, the I think I, in classic Matt style, I was moaning and complaining because she wasn't giving heavier weights while I was oh, being given heavier weights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a beginner, so that your okay. trainers weren't very like uh, mean on me. Anyway, so that's uh, a win for me this year, and then in uh, in lose for Sherlin twenty twenty two. Sickness and viruses can get the f out of my life. No more being sick. I don't want to be sick anymore. I'm done. Yeah. This year I got COVID for the first time. Ugh. I'm that's a loser for me in my it's book. I lost. It is. Um, so. I feel, and you can relate this to like to even to the tech side of things because it's like freaking society and our inability to even. I don't know, converge and everybody taking vaccines, like actually taking care of each other. We, we all kind of lost a bit there, but okay. I, I appreciate your personal picture. Lynn. is there a specific tech thing you want to call out as, as the, the worst, the thing you hate the most? Devendra. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, uh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> that I, I mean, you wanted a fight. You wanted a fight. I will, I will introduce a way to fight about this in oh, just okay, a bit, okay. but let me, uh, okay. Let me just list my picks. Okay. So my, okay. I, I think it, it was hard for me to pick like my favorite overall thing because just being positive about the tech world, it is hard to do that because we get up and we see, we saw the Elon Musk thing like start happening. We're like, oh no, this is going to be bad. And then it kept happening and now he he has it and it's like, oh no, this is bad, bad, bad. Uh, so seeing the light is very hard. But you know, when we talked about the James Webb telescope earlier this year and we talk about the value of that, you know, outside of the planet, I think I, I think that is my ultimate great tech pick of the year. You know, that is my favorite thing because it's it gives us perspective in a way that we it's hard to have when you're just sitting and reading the news or reading blog posts or listening to podcasts or something. So having that eye uh, far out in the sky and show, looking deep into the depths of space and showing us things we've never seen before with clarity we've never seen before. I think is the thing that gives me a little bit of hope and uh, that that is purely like a science and tech driven thing. And I think it's beautiful. And I hope uh, my, my thing is they keep releasing new images and we, a lot of people are like really into it early on. And now they're releasing new images and people are just like not um, not paying attention. There's not much buzz to it. So it's like I do feel like, God damn it, humans at least like appreciate one thing and like hold on to it for a while. So anyway, that's my overall thing. Um I would say the things that affected me personally uh, is probably the Steam Deck just because, hell, yeah, like it is, I, I have not really had much time to PC game. Uh, my son Alexander was born in freaking March. So it's like it's been full on taking care of baby time, juggling a toddler at the same time, and also dealing with work stuff much of the time. So uh, it does not leave much time to game, but I think the Steam Deck and other devices like it are going to be the things I'm really uh, looking forward to playing with over the next uh, couple of years. Now for the worst. And yeah. this this is sort of like, I have to think about the person doing the single most amount of harm to society right now, or at least the tech thing doing that. And uh, Sherlyn. Yeah. Yeah. She's a monster. Um, Damaging. So I, I was thinking of like Sam Bankman Freed and everything, Sam Bankman Freed and uh, all the FTX stuff. But that affects uh, that economy. It affects a lot of people who put money into that. I feel bad for them. You know, you were warned about crypto stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know how much sympathy I can have. Uh, but I will say it is probably Elon Musk. And just seeing his fall from some sort of grace, like some, from being the sort of like 
tech god who was like, I'm bringing EVs to everybody, right? We're going to go to Mars. And everybody's like, yay. Um, and now that he's full on turned into like a, a right wing, like crazy person, um, I, I think it's sad to see. It's sad to see what he's doing to his legacy. And also overall, like the, the tech of it is that he paid $44 billion to destroy a social network. Like that's really all it is. He does not like what he's seeing. So he's like, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to ban the kid who was tweeting about my private jet's location because mm-hmm. I can, you know. Even he, though I said I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, basically, gonna he's going to be a hypocrite when it comes to like speech that affects him. But not really care about the moderation, like the wider power of that. And uh, yeah, that that's just disturbing to me. And it's personally sad to me to see where Twitter is going. So that is the thing that hurts me the most. Hey man, like I was, uh, I, I tuned in, I know Ben, you tuned in. Like there was like a widespread media commiseration like a couple weeks ago where people were on the Twitter space. And it was like 20,000 people with like notable writers, notable journalists who were just like, this sucks. This is like we are we are here at Twitter's funeral, basically. Also because the news that day was that Twitter had fired enough engineers that it could fall apart at any time. We don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. So I don't know what's gonna happen, scary. but I think it is the saddest thing I've seen in tech this year. Um and certainly like a huge waste of like money and capital and stuff too and talent going out there. But there are a lot of other bad things to point out, too. Like a lot of tech companies, tons of tech companies, Meta, Microsoft, Google, laid off tens of thousands of people. Because they're worried about the recession, which is not not actually happening, right? That's not actually happening, but they're worried about it. They have financial models about it. So to me, that's bad too. Here's yeah, how we that fight. That's gonna about be it. my on my list. Mm-hmm. What? Here's how, how we fight about oh. it. Let's pick one, one overall best pick of the year and one overall worst pick of the year for the podcast. The Engadget Podcast like thing, thing or... for the year pick one i almost feel like to be a troll and to incite a fight i would just be like pick something uh-huh. i know you love and say i hate it and then for sure you could fight. you but could do see. that that is a viable strategy i know uh okay the best thing for the podcast is obviously me although i could say julio well no 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 um, i mean i mean like our, our overall know, pick know, among the things we had talked about i know i know I'm just so like, we have oh, to vote now we've talked about so we have far. to okay, vote we had now. to vote on the best thing that we've of all the nominees for best we've said so far best thing there was web. The, there was the James Webb. There's the Pixel Six A, which Matt can decide to vote for or not. Or like, no. I'm gonna be like, oh, sorry, Matt. It's like, there's very. No. It's a very cute phone. It's a very cute phone. Julio it's not gonna win the top winner of the year. Yeah. Okay. Julio says uh, he votes Julio. Okay. Okay. Uh, I also vote Julio. No. Um, Wordle, JWST, Mastodon, uh, Watch Ultra. Oh, I mean the things you picked too. Ultra. Watch Ultra. Yeah. Accessibility. I mean, again. Accessibility, even though like you, like you had a point, right? You were like, ah, it could be performative. Sure, mm-hmm. maybe it didn't win. I want to see results. I want to see more results rather yeah. than your yeah. your intentions for plans. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just be a troll and pick the Watch Ultra for my overall winner of really? podcast <laughs> best thing. That's yes. such the, the a thing, terrible The choice. thing that is is uh, helping society the most. Helping the, society? The no, this helped me the most. The overall no, we're we're the picking for the podcast. This is the the Engadget yeah. Podcast official award. Going to the best tech thing, tech news, tech product of the year. You're going to give it to the Apple Watch Ultra? Are you kidding me? No, no. We're giving it to the D-A-R, the DART. Okay? The The double asteroid (laughs) redirection test. I'm giving it to DART. Oh, now we're talking. That's why I want to give it to Yeah, the vending machine. (laughs) Yeah. Throw a vending machine into space. Uh Knock an asteroid out of orbit. Was it a vending machine? 
It is. It's like an avenging scene size. size. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. about. It's a tiny thing. Okay. Uh, okay. But in, as pick. soon as I heard it was vending machine size, that's yeah. how my you my mind's it. eye sees it now. Are you separating yeah. Dart out from James Webb Telescope? As its Why own not? thing? Why not? Why not? Because I, I, do, I think James uh, Webb was problematic. Yeah, oh, exactly. well, he certainly yeah. was. We and we talked about that too. Like he not not great as a person. Go back and listen to yeah. our episode about the telescope. And uh, there is a big movement to get um, the telescope's name changed. You know, so even within yeah, NASA, exactly. but so it never happened. go pay attention yeah. to that. That has not happened. Um, I like the dart. I do think the dart is a good thing. I also look around at our society right now. I'm like, you know what? Maybe that asteroid has a point. Ah! <laughs> maybe. maybe the asteroid is our pick of maybe. the year. If y'all want to, yeah, the, the asteroid, asteroid is our pick. No, if y'all want to fall somewhere, Devendra lives in Atlanta. It's uh, okay? it's gonna kill all of us. Like it, it's gonna know, affect but, the entire planet. But just um, in case, there's you know. No, no, no. It's not gonna kill Sherling. She is so strong. I will just bench now. press the shit She'd out punch of it. it. Yeah, I will just yeah. and then burpee out of the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, like okay. a like a vote of like a volleyball. Again, an Evangelion just reference. Pop it back into the. That, that is a whole <laughs> Evangelion episode about this. Uh, you should really watch that show, Sherling. Um, I like the dart, but I also think the James Webb Telescope is the thing. It is like a society enlightening, society, you know, pro positive thing, despite the name. But what it's accomplishing and what it's doing, I, I think, I think that's it. Or do we want to just say space stuff? The space, space stuff. stuff. Is How about good. you, Matt? What's Matt's pick? What's Matt's, Matt's Matt's vote? Well, I think the curse of James Webb Telescope is a bit like the curse of Twitter in that we're all in that tiny circle of people that are actually following both, and that's not necessarily everyone well, we learned so much um, about deep space through it though yeah, yeah it's not everyone but I, I yeah know. it's one of those things where it's i like, mean one thing one thing that i did think was good and it, it's a bit annoying because it's elon musk related but the provisioning of starlink in the in ukraine i thought was a really good thing and that kind of it was not great though shows at least at some point you can use that kind of technology which is aimed at very didn't rich people that take live away didn't he like end up av- actually charging them like that was not a- overall a good story for elon musk it, it kind of went in out and shake it all about yeah it seemed like the charging wasn't necessarily from musk di- well from starlink directly but more the companies that were selling it and stuff it's, like it's that. still and like it's one of those things like he makes promises he's like i i could solve world hunger for five billion dollars i mean yeah. i think that's i think that's the 2020s for you in a nutshell yeah. unfortunately yeah. everyone over promising and under delivering I like that we, uh, I mean, I don't like that. We, a lot happened this year. We didn't talk about the war in Ukraine. We didn't really talk about the World Cup. We didn't know there's sure. a lot going on. I'm talking about tech. Um, this is why we're focused on tech. tech. Exactly. Yeah. We're focused on tech. I know. Yeah. But we're so, excited to our audience. So, for best overall thing. Space. Sounds like space. it. Space. I like it. <laughs> I love it. Our choice is anything but here. Anything but Earth. <laughs> anything yeah. but Earth. Outside. Is it? Alice, um, off of Earth. It's the, Earth. the Tim Curry thing. The clip that they keep playing. The winner of the year is space. space. Dun, 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 dun. Go look up the Tim Curry dun, 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 dun. stuff from uh, was it Red Alert or Command and Conquer? It's one of those things. Um, oh, yeah, I there's, remember there's Red a great, Alert. There's oh. a great clip of that. Okay, okay. Loser. The Engadget Podcast official tech loser of the year. Crypto, crypto. That's my bet. Crypto. I, I think that's me. That's you have I, three. I think you have three standout nominees: yeah. crypto, Twitter. Stadia, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would say Stadia is such a failure, but it was also like never a success to matter at all to humanity. So 
Shoot that and into it was the sky. Good as well. That's the frustration. It was, it was good. Like was you just dropped the ball. It wasn't better than Game Pass. It wasn't better than Nvidia uh, GeForce Now. You know. But you had to like jump through the hoops for both of those. You had to know. sign I up for I services. Yes. An Xbox. Yes. At the point mm-hmm. at the at the launch mm-hmm. when Stadia was existing. No, you could. X-Cloud you just you needed a web browser. That's all thing. you needed for for Game Passes. I know. I mean, I mean, XCloud. You had to. What was it? You. When it was in beta, you need still needed an Xbox. I that think. was a way back, but no, However, they were they were doing state. cloud testing yeah. when Stadia launched. So, crypto, and, and crypto. Okay, okay. I like crypto. I, I do like crypto because for I will say this. I think for me the the personal thing is because of what Twitter meant to me is that it's Elon Musk, but also man, the just sheer amount of capital that crypto like created out of nothing and then blew away, and the amount of lives that they're affecting. Uh, yeah. And does crypto include Sam Bankman-Fried and everything? Yeah, Just all like of it. NFTs, cr- yeah, bi- yeah, Bitcoin, NFTs, uh, and FTX. That's mm-hmm. my crypto shout. It's everything your crypto involved. shout. We're, we're just like shouting out groups here. But you know what? I I concur. I concur with this. Whenever we have talked about crypto, whenever we've talked about NFTs, I think on the show, we're like, we don't really follow this oh, news. I do not yeah. trust any of these companies. And this is yeah. why folks matt yeah. do you concur yeah although i think it's funny we're mentioning ftx and stuff when that really has only kind of popped in the last couple of months mm-hmm. like even davindra said we didn't even know who the heck this guy well, was yeah i didn't tell i know but the entire like the people this industry like especially the investment bank banking industry and the people into crypto like knew who he was he was a rock star and i also hate that too because i do remember i used to help run like tech conferences back in the day like when i was an early journalist and I remember the hype. I remember the way they hyped up startup founders, even though they're not that interesting or like, oh, man, congratulations on making so much money. You are just such a wonderful individual. And that's what those uh, all those conferences and talks and things always felt like. And with this kid, it's just like this man is going to save crypto. You know, he believes in good. He's using money. Uh, he's going to make so much money that he's going to invest it into the rest of the you know world and do good things. I don't know if you've looked into long-termism, Trillin, but it's a philosophy I've followed um, j- just in terms of like something I've heard about. I have friends who who kind of think along those lines. And I always thought it was like, this is bullshit. You are you are deluding yourselves into making a crap ton of money and pretending that that money will go towards uh, the greater good. Who's to say what the greater good is? Uh, what if I just don't trust anything you're saying? And even Sam Bankman fried was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all a lie. It's, it's all for publicity. I don't I don't care about this stuff. Uh, That's my thing yeah. too, right? Okay. So like the, another reason I have such a hatred of crypto and it's related like circles is because the people in that sphere can t- tend to be so insufferable. I'm sorry, but like, think about the average person out there who's like not super online or whatever, and they're not investing in crypto. There, no one there gives a shit. But but people who are like really high on crypto, crypto bros particularly, like there's a very specific character personality type. That's the crypto bro type. They're always up their own butts. They're always like <laughs> sniffing their own farts and being like, smells like money. It smells like money. I just can't. It I, just drives I, me crazy. I, I, think I, they, yes. they, I think they have to be because some of these people, like they put their house deposits into it. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. They're I don't retirement think they have to be, retirement. but they are. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. but they did it. That's the right, thing. So you right. have to. Hope you have for to it. Be you have to hope for it. You have to be high on your own air supply. Yeah. yeah. 
to be high on your, but you can hope for you can hope for your Bitcoin investment to do well, sure, because mm-hmm, you've mm-hmm. put your entire house on. I mean, it. have you seen online discourse in the last five years? This is what happens. This is what I happens. mean, yeah, but this crypto, crypto, particularly in the crypto realms, mm-hmm. it's particularly potent. It, I, I, I agree. I agree. Putrid, I, I think there's also like it was like crazy juice too, like what it did to investment bankers and what it did to like actual like grown up. Uh, it, it grown up uh vc funds you know what it did to yeah. vc funders in general uh companies like uh i think sequoia and like a lot of the big names were like we, they are the trusted names in uh giving out money to innovators and technology and they just like fully fell for whatever the trick was for crypto so yeah i agree shalin and i think uh, i you. like your full-throated uh you know push for that because it's like yeah fuck them i don't know you can bleep that out, Ben. Um, but yeah, I, I do yeah, kind of feel like... your own farts. Greatest, greatest societal good. James Webb Space Telescope. Uh, greatest societal uh, pain right now is crypto. We haven't even talked about the environmental aspects of it. And like... Exactly. The, what it requires as we're facing... Exactly. I was going to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're exactly. facing climate crisis. Yeah, of course you are, uh, Yeah, And yeah, we're going yeah, yeah. to burn energy and carbon and uh, to, to create fake monies. I love For it. For a very niche group of people to okay. partake in. Okay, anyway, I got it. Thank I, you, I, folks, for participating in the <laughs> first ever Engadget Podcast Best and Worst Awards. Oh, and before we go, here's what senior editor and video game reporter Jess Condit had to say about 2022. This is Jessica Condit, senior reporter at Engadget. And my tech toy of the year that I'm literally playing with right now in my hands is Playdate by Panic. So Playdate is the tiny yellow indie gaming machine with a crank on the side and a monochromatic screen that unlocks just worlds of innovative play. This is a magical little toy. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not a toy. It's a handheld gaming machine. And it looks simple. It feels light. It feels like it shouldn't be able to do the things that it does. Um, but with just simple inputs and simple outputs, um, Playdate really turns pixels into a joyful experience. Like every game on the Playdate makes me smile. This is this is what indie gaming is all about. Just using the mechanics we have in different fun new ways. And uh, yeah, that's that's Playdate right there. Let's move on to some other news and uh, just real quick, because we're all we're all a little loopy now and we have just, you know, we've decided for all of humanity what is the best and worst of tech. And uh, it's such a great responsibility that I am still like reeling from from this power. Uh, but recently, I do want to mention uh, Sam Bankman fried who we've talked about, the former FTX CEO, has been arrested in the Bahamas. Um, so, yeah. He's going to be extradited back to the U.S. eventually. Uh, there was a congressional hearing that was happening around FTX, but he didn't join that because he he was he's still away. It's a thing I think we've all been waiting for. This whole story, like, is going to be maybe an amazing, uh, you know, movie at some point. Like, this is going to be like the social network equivalent of this of the whole crypto markets because. 
His story is pretty wild. It is very much like a Zuckerberg thing, like young kid. They gave him way too much power. They're like, oh, yeah, this kid knows everything. He's a genius. He's going to remake this market. And as soon as everything started to fall apart, where FTX was really revealed to be a straight up lie and they were using, you know, funds from customers for other things, for other, you know, side companies and whatnot. Um, he fled to the Bahamas, which is where FTX is based. And it, it all is just like a shady, shady thing, you know, so. It'll make a big dramatic story eventually, and uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I hope this kid faces everything. Like, yeah. Here's my question for mm-hmm. you. Who do you think will play him in the movie? Jonah Hill. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It's Jonah Hill. Oh, okay. Wow. It's All clearly, right. it's it's some, somebody like that, but I do I do see a Jonah Hill in, in that place. That feels completely appropriate. I feel like whenever people play these tech people in the movies, that... It's in the Jonah Hill three the, those of types of yeah those type of people. Well, paradigm. I think back to the like the uh, the great uh, Jobs movie. I I liked it. Not many people did, but um, freaking what's his name is now escaping me. Oh yeah, I remember him. Um, who played Steve uh, Wozniak? Oh Seth, Seth Rogen. It was Seth, Seth Rogen. And like that. Yeah, he is in that circle. But Seth Rogen was a very good Steve Wozniak. Like almost heartbreaking in how good he was because like he he was like a guy who just really liked tech and his friend slash co-founder is just like a complete monster when it comes to giving him credit and treating his family right and things like that. So, oh, so, so I, I can sympathize. It's like me being on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that resonates. It res- totally resonates. So anyway. Sam Bankman-Fried has been arrested. Um, in other other news, uh, Dell showed off their new concept Luna device, and this is something you talked about last year, Sherlyn. This is their like um, preview of like what a sus- truly sustainable laptop could be. Last year looked really interesting because it was like it was something that could be disassembled pretty quickly uh, within a couple of minutes. It still had a few screws. It still had a few wires. This year. I went to Dell's preview event uh, for CES, and this is one of the few things we can talk about. And I saw a Dell guy take apart this laptop in like 30 seconds. He he hit a push pin, like sim ejector thing into the keyboard. The keyboard popped out and he just pulled it out. He disconnected the speakers, no, no wires, no wires, no cables or anything. He took out the speakers, took out the battery, took out the CPU, the CPU fan, all individual components. I guess the IO is sort of like a flat thing that's at the bottom. So you just kind of have to snap them in like Legos. He hit another push pin and he took off the complete LCD of the monitor we have a video of this so go check it out on the site but i I, i'm i just think it's like a really cool demo and the computer actually works it takes a while to start up because it has to like test all the components but it's a cool demo and it shows like how dell's thinking about sustainability um imagine having a laptop like this down the line where you could uh you spill water on it and your speakers die and you just have to go get new speaker parts and plug them in um or a new laptop a new cp is released and you want to upgrade and you just Open up your computer, pop it in. Same for RAM or whatever. Yeah. So we're moving back to before they locked us out of upgrading our RAM and (laughs) processors on our own. And we're going back to but except for more. Well, now it has to be a Dell. It has to be a Dell thing. I mean, it's a a concept. It's a concept. It is something that we don't know what will actually happen from this. But to actually see this working, to see how quickly he pulled it apart. And it looked like when it was put together, it looked like a pretty decent 13-inch laptop. I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what was the build quality? Like, did you touch this after? Like, did it feel good? It's uh, I I did touch it a bit. Uh, I don't think we got that on video, but I mean, it looks like a 13 inch Dell Latitude, so not like an a, an XPS, which is thinner and has uh, thinner bezels, you know, and just an overall slimmer case. But it's pretty. It feels like a three pound laptop. Like it feels pretty solid, even though nothing is screwed in. 
And I think that's the interesting thing. So it's a really cool demo. Go check out our video. Um, the other thing is that this is coming from Dell. And Dell, remember, uh, did the Area 51M uh, laptop several years ago, which was this ambitious idea to give you a fully DIY desktop replacement laptop with desktop parts, and you could just buy new parts and plug them in. Dell freaking, that thing failed within a year, right? It You couldn't upgrade it. The new parts that come out that were coming out weren't compatible with the old model when they did a revision. And Dell basically just gave up on that idea entirely. And uh, it sucks because it was partially their fault, but also partially uh, stuff from partners, right? Intel completely changed their chip format. NVIDIA wasn't giving them the new GPUs in the like special packaging they were using. So there's a lot of work that has to go into this stuff. But I can imagine maybe a company that's a little more self-contained, uh, maybe an Apple, maybe a Google at some point, who is just like, yeah, we're big enough. We could just sell you the parts. You know, we we are good enough to have these things around. We don't have to rely on all partners for everything. Maybe that's something we could do eventually. Uh, do you care, Sherlyn? Like, would you actually want this compared to the thinnest, lightest laptop possible? I think the sustainability play here is the most important part of it. I think that not having to replace an entire laptop when your, you know, what some component breaks is extremely good. I think that that's what Apple's whole, like, uh, move to redesign the iPhone 14's case. Like, there's part of this that has to do with sustainability, too. I think that's great. Uh, it will save us a lot of waste. Uh, and I want to echo a, a, a comment that Mark Dell in the chat brought up, which is that uh, Mark Dell said, I wonder if these are in response to the framework laptop or if these were already planned. Oh, these, uh, this framework, was definitely planned for a while, but yeah. Yeah. And framework, for the people who don't know, is sort of like a modular laptop company. They make, you know, basically this, right? Where you can choose your own screen, choose your own keyboard, we just, choose your own uh, keys and build We just it. reviewed the framework Chromebook. So yeah, yeah. Say, same deal. Yeah. S so you can read that review uh, just to get a better sense of what Framework mm -hmm. does. But I don't think it was necessarily in response to Framework. I think that a lot of these companies have been trying to do this for now. It's not just Dell. HP also last year did. For the last few years, they've been trying to make more like uh, laptops using post-recycled uh, plastic or ocean-bound plastic and more recyclable content. Lenovo too. We're moving towards a greener laptop. Yeah, industry. at least and in terms of like packaging and build materials, like they're all trying to get there. But this is like, hey, this is... Dude, dude, fully disassembled the computer in 30 seconds. Like, go look at our video. It is kind of a, an amazing thing to behold. So anyway, I think this is cool. I also think the framework is very cool. So yes. I personally may end up just buying one of those to, to test it out. So one, yeah. one question for you, DaVinci. You kind of mentioned on it, but yeah, sometimes the like Dell's last modular experiment didn't work. And we've seen modular experiments from several other companies and they didn't work and they don't last long. It's like the only way I could see Dell succeeding is if they make this the kind of de facto enterprise laptop and just do it to such horrific scale to companies that want to save a buck on replacing devices. Like, do you think they could make that happen? Hey, I used to work in IT, guys. I used to have like a direct relationship with like a Dell representative who'd be like, yeah, every year I'd be like, OK, we need like. 500 of these laptops, you know, or 500 of these desktops. So it's like, and I had to like get down dirty and like fix those things. So surely I think there is, a, there would be a huge IT need to be like, hey guys, just uh, give us something that we could repair. Just like, that would make our lives a lot easier. There was I, a, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I was just gonna say, I am concerned <laughs> that they're gonna like lock you into certain parts, like the way Apple has been doing it for a while, right? Where you can only use these parts and they must pay like a, you know, deal. And there, There's always gonna be like, unless the entire industry like decides to jump on this and work together on this, like there's exactly. always gonna be that sort of like ex concept. exclusive right. stuff. 
I believe Intel worked with Dell uh, in the last uh, for the last Luna concept. Uh, maybe Intel did some work. I didn't hear about Intel this time. So anyway, it's a it is a cool idea. Uh, let me tell you guys, like there was one point in like 2005 where Dell and a whole bunch of other companies bought really crappy capacitors um, from a bunch of like I think it was like either Korean or Chinese companies, like, but there were capacitors that were basically bulging on the motherboards and like leaking out. And I must've swapped motherboards for like 500 desktops within like a year or two. And every time I talked to Dell, I was like, I was there guys. Okay. I remember when you screwed up that build. So I'm never going to forget that. My, my knuckles won't forget that because your PTSD, I got very good at just like, Throwing down a, a desktop, yanking off the cover, getting everything off, all the components, swapping in the new, because they would send us just a motherboard. So then I'd have to take off everything, put in the new motherboard, put in the CPU and everything, and then screw it all back up. And that whole process would take like 15 to 20 minutes, like once I got good at it. But that that but that is the sort of like bill, that's the sort of repair stuff an IT person would want to do. And we've never really had that with laptops. So Sure, this could enable that eventually. I think it's really cool. That's Dell's concept, Luna. Sherlyn, you also want to talk about an announcement from yes. Google today. Indeed. I uh, Actually, three little pieces of, uh, of things from me. One, yes, in other news, Google today announced that their smart home devices now fully support the Matter standard. So this would be Nest products, Android products, as well as the Google Home products. Matter, if you recall, is that like, one smart home standard that should unify them all uh, across the internet of things sort of business that was so fragmented uh, up till now-ish, right? We got Apple, Amazon, and Google all working to play nice with Matter. Uh, so yeah, starting today, those products under those brand names, Nest, Android, Home, should be compatible with other Matter devices, which is great, which is nice. Uh, and then the other two things I wanted to shout out. Number one, um, D-Man in our chat says a shout out to D-Man's dad, who is the big 7-0 today. Happy birthday to D-Man's dad. And number two, we had a birthday on the team this week as well. Our live stream producer, Julio Barrientos. Hey. I will not disclose, but happy <laughs> birthday, Julio. Happy birthday, Julio. Bah, 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 bah. Oh, I lost a lot of air on that one. So much air. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, I do want to quickly talk about this news, though. Do you will this will this actually matter, Sherlyn? Like, no. as somebody, oh. <laughs> put it on the bingo card. Uh, bah, 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 bah. But it's Google. It's, it's the Google Smart Home announcement. Uh, I I have several Google Smart Home devices, which yes. suck. I hate them. I I, I hate them so much. Uh, now I they support know. Matter. Is that going to make my life better? No, because it's. Because the way you've set up your house now works the way it does, right? Like you've already got all these like devices that talk to either talk to either the Google Assistant or, or Amazon's no, they, Assistant they just, or Apple. Well, it's the Nest devices, so they talk to just the cloud. So I guess I don't have any of the the things talking to a Google base station at this point. I don't have right. any of that. Okay. Right. So 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 the the way it will be better is when you buy new products, right? If you buy a new matter compatible product, your existing smart home device that is maybe Google branded uh, will speak to it easily. Whether or not you buy it from Apple or or Amazon or whoever, it should all play nice with each other. Okay, that'll be nice. I feel I feel like the only the only thing I I guess that really makes a difference for me is like HomeKit support right now for Apple stuff because it's like I can tell my Apple TV like hey. Just show me, show me what's going on in the basement doors. And it will pipe to my Arlo cameras, which are HomeKit compatible, and will show me my full camera feed on my TV. Uh, and that's some, actually some TVs cool. do that now. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Google's smart displays do that. Yeah, um, I know, I know that, but only within Google's devices. So I, I need like interplay here. Like, if I bought a different kind of camera for another part of my home, uh, could those also work on my TV? Because right now, I don't think my doorbell works on the TV. So ah, uh, okay, it's all annoying. Gotcha. It's all, it's all confusing. All right. Okay, Sherlyn. Well, it, it's good to hear that Google has announced some support for something, and uh, maybe one day, one day, smart home devices will actually be a thing people want to buy. We'll see. We'll see. Let's move on to what we've been working on. I, honestly, I don't really have much to say. I, I have okay. taken a lot of briefings from CES people. I am writing up CES yeah. stuff. What are you doing, Sherlyn? I am the same, uh, taking CES briefings, saw some interesting things. But today, specifically, I am heading out after this to check out that Dyson Zone headphone mask abomination combo device that we uh, learned more about this week or last week. Uh, I am going to be able to, we're going to shoot a video. I, I hope they're not me. like sharing those and giving you I know. used ones that somebody else had just worn. Send me your, uh -huh. uh, uh, th uh, what you want me to do with this mask thing for our video, because I already have ideas. We're going to make this a really fun video. It's going to be Sherlyn Unhinged 2.0. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to make our video later today. It should be on the site uh, early next week. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, like I said, on the, in the background, we're working on the best of and worst stuff, year end uh, roundups, as well as CES cool. prep work. Should we check in with let's Matt? Let's check in with Matt Smith, who's still here. He's still here. He's typing away. Hey, Matt. Matt, is there anything you you're on? working on that you want to talk about? I'm working on some CES bits and bobs remotely. But yeah, at the moment, just winding down. Uh, you might have seen I did a, a preview on Forspoken, which is Square Enix's big, fancy new game. So that went live on the site earlier this week. Um, but yeah, I am thankfully relatively free to Ugh, write. Can I offload stuff to without you? Without stress. <laughs> I feel like no, Matt needs more I work. Have zero sympathy can for I, you. I'm just going to send Matt some devices to review. I, I I always some take uh, on modular some PCs. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, just one part of it, just the keyboard part. All all our embargoes are going straight to Matt. Let's go to our pop culture picks, Sherlyn. Um, I have heard word that you were trying to shock me <laughs> or something. With one of I'm not picks. trying to shock you. I have three picks, so we will we'll blast right through them. Number one, my actual pick might 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 be controversial. You're not trolling. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's, no, this is my this is not troll. trolly. This is my genuine pick. <laughs> okay. This, this is a pick, but you won't. I don't think you'll like it. It's Spirited on Apple TV. Have you seen this? My, Have you heard of this? Raquel, my wife, has been watching it, so it's it's fine. It's, it's cute. Has been? Yeah, this is She's a cute... Like watching, like a, I think, you can't watch a movie all t at once with children. I know, children. when you're a parent. It's all just like on and um, off, yeah. Yeah. For the for those who don't know, Spirited is a movie uh, featuring Ryan Reynolds, uh, Will Ferrell, and they're retelling the Ebenezer Scrooge story, the Christmas Carol story, except I wasn't expecting this. Nobody told me this, so I was surprised when it first happened. This is a musical? Uh -huh. Excuse me. I was not expecting song and dance the whole time through, but it was, you know, I was already hooked and I was watching it and I was like, this is great. It's fine. You know, it's not the best musical, right? But it's got great. The story is funny as hell. It's everything you would expect from a Ryan Reynolds movie. It's fun ride. Uh, and it's, Kind of like dickish, but heartwarming dickish, right? That's, like that's really that's, that's really Ryan all Reynolds he story. does. So yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was ready for you to judge me on this, but okay, it feels. Like I, I mean, I understand it. it. I hear people like it. Uh, I'm not like excited to check this one out, and also I feel like Scrooge is my is my Christmas Carol thing. I keep coming back to, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So my second thing is not really a pick. It's more like commiserating. I want to talk to people about this. I've been watching White Lotus with my friend. Yeah. Uh, I wa- I've seen season one. Season one was disappointing because the hype was so huge. Well, you you missed you missed better. that hype cycle last year. So yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I hear season two is better. We're excited to start season I, two. There, there's some debate there, but I love both seasons because they're, yeah, okay. they're both exploring the well, idea of privilege and race and class and different things in, in interesting ways. Yeah. And anytime Jennifer Coolidge is on the screen, me and my friend just go, ah, we love her. We oh love boy. her. So it's great. You're going to love her in season it's, two. She, she is the I one returning wait. cast member and she's a lot yes. of fun. Yeah. We, yeah. I can't wait. Don't spoil it, anybody. But, uh, spoil White it, but also stay off of Twitter. I will. And I'm already staying off of Twitter. People are spoiling everything about that season. Uh, Are you watching Succession yet, Trillin? Not yet. We'll get there. I think you will will be into Okay, I'll make that our next thing. I'll make that our next thing. So finally, my third pick, because I know I have a lot. uh, But I saw this video. I came across this video on Reddit. And it was by a wildlife photographer. And the video title is... Uh, I built a wildlife pond, basically. And this person, this wildlife photographer, I think has some land and and dug a, like, re- basically built a pond uh, and, you know, brought some plants. He dug so, a look, hole and put water in it. Dug a hole of water like, in it, yeah. made it very deep in one part. Made it like, I look. Uh-huh. Have you ever thought about the mechanics of what goes into building a wildlife pond and just c- kind of care? I, I kind of leave that up to nature. I feel like nature makes ponds. Yeah, but it's yeah. a mix. Right? Yeah. It's a yeah. mix of things. Right? This this person uh, felt like there was a need for a pond in this area for the animals in the area. So was very thoughtful about the plants he put in there. I I look. I'm squeamish about insects. I'm squeamish yeah. about flying things. I'm squeamish I'm about standing squeamish. water. Which just means I know, me mosquitoes. Too. Yeah. Yes. So he addresses that too. He talks about the mosquito population in the in 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 this and how some of the other uh, predators and whatnot, the birds that eat bugs and whatever, how they balanced it all out. So he didn't actually see that many mosquitoes. I learned a lot about nature from this one video, <laughs> okay. and this is me, a person who doesn't like insects or nature uh-huh, uh-huh. i like nature i lie but so i i was fascinated this video is like i don't know 15 minutes or something long you can look it up on youtube i already i will give you all the name where in is second. this uh, person based that's my main question yeah i saw this one video i didn't go find out where they were, based. Where, where they were. i just was like this it, it, that also uh, makes a difference if, if you're in like california or something and like you're doing this yeah. with the water like nobody no we, we need those drops yeah Definitely not. This is definitely not a, like a very hot place. It's like it was fairly temperate at some. There was like seasons. Okay, so uh, it was it was not uh, a place where yeah there was no. The person's name is Stefano Ianiro, I believe. S T E F A N O I A or I A N I R O, and the video title is "I Built cool. a Wildlife cool. Pond." Here's what happened. There, there is like a round of like a TikTok trend of people who like go into a forest and like carve out a living space. You know, like within the dirt and everything. And a lot of people are like, this is crazy because they spend like hours doing this and they make this something that they only do for a video. Right. And they leave. And then the animals are like, hey, my home. What happened? What happened to all the dirt? What happened to everything? So at least this is like in his space and he's making a better space for the animals. That's cool. That's cool. I dig it. All right. Okay, you my my pop culture pick, which is probably not too surprising if you've read the site this week, but I reviewed Avatar, The Way of Water, and as somebody Woo-hoo. 
who did not really like the first Avatar movie. I thought it was like a cool 3D thing. Some of the action's good. But having rewatched Avatar, I was like, oh, yeah, this is just a bad story. This is very basic as a movie. Um, you think Sam Worthington sucks. Uh, this movie, this movie floored me because it's actually good. It's like a great movie, um, mainly because James Cameron, the director, who's like a legend in my mind, um, has some screenwriting help. And because of that, like the words people are saying are not awful. I think the story feels a bit deeper and bigger. It's about family. It's about, you know, Jake Sully and Nitiri taking their their children. They have like five kids now to a whole new land to, to be safe. Um, and also James Cameron is exploring uh, something called high frame rate video. And this is where it's like, it's 48 FPS instead of the standard 24 FPS. And that makes action and everything look smoother. And I've talked about high frame rate before. Ang Lee uh, has been really into this stuff with like Billy Lynn's Long and Halftime Walk and Gemini Man. Here, James Cameron is using it in parts of scenes. And then the movie goes back to 24 FPS. And it's like a back and forth, back and forth. I found it, it's, it's jarring. It's not like fully seamless. But I think the stuff looks compelling enough to make it worth it. I can imagine a lot of people are going to have issues with this, Sherlyn. If you ever check it out, I hope you see it in I... an IMAX screen or a Dolby I... screen. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Dolby, yeah. I have been invited to a Dolby uh, yeah, screening. Yeah. It's so happening tonight. If you do that, you will you will get like the best overall okay. experience, the full experience. Um, okay. But yeah, let let me know if you hate it or not because I feel like um, aside from the Hobbit movies, which also kind of played around with this tech and did it really badly. Um, there really hasn't been a big push for this technology. So I think it's cool. I think once again, James Cameron is trying to push uh, the idea of cinema and what we can do in our theaters um, forward. And uh, it's great. I, th I think first of best of all, I can finally say I genuinely like an Avatar movie, whereas the first one I kind of had to make some excuses around the crappy storytelling and the colonialism of it all. Uh, you can check out my further review at the film cast at my movie podcast, Matt. Do you have a pop culture pick you want to drop? I have culture. Hey, Hello. is it pop? Uh, <laughs> I have one option, which is definitely not as huge and influential as uh, Avatar 2. Uh, a game that was a lot of people's kind of sneaky game of the year suddenly got launched on smartphones. Okay. It's called Vampire Yay! Survivors. Ooh. And at first blush, it looks terrible. It's a, like a bullet hell game all done with a kind of vampire-y Castlevania and you're just you moving you're not shooting yeah is this yeah is this you, it the, does all the shooting for you is sorry to interrupt is this the one that Devendra talked yeah, about see, this on is the, the same deck? game it's okay. the same game it just hit mobile uh, yeah. so yeah it's now free it's free on iOS and Android and downloading it well, as there, you is, <laughs> there is there are automated ads um, they aren't that intrusive often the ads just pop up when you want to revive yourself for like but if you're dying you're probably That's gonna die interesting. again so that is interesting because they're selling this game for like three bucks right now on steam it was even cheaper in early access but if if people just pay play this for hours the money you get from ads will probably be far more than a yeah, small purchase way yeah. more and it's it's sure it's addictive uh -huh. and there's like it's good countless it's characters good. to unlock i'm still i'm still in my first 10 hours of the game but it's incredibly addictive there's a lot of there's a lot of range to it but it's also very subversive and oddly meta the more you play the more you kind of peel back the corner of what else is going on in the game at one point i kind of went into a weird kind of heavenly other dimension and i made it through a very dangerous corridor and then the game just kind of finished i kind of completed it got my rewards and then i got like a slow clap gif yes and that was it and then the yeah. game reloaded and it was really <laughs> weird and i was like i love this game it's a 
it's weird. absolutely I, I do want to say for Sherlin and anybody else going into this maybe a type of game like this for the first time it may feel a little slow it may feel a little I just launched it yeah for it the may first feel time. a little a little like hey this is pretty simple give it five or ten minutes try and stay alive and you'll see like what the game is really mm. going for but it also gets e- like the curve is wonderful first like the first part of the game you understand what's going on you unlock characters you unlock weapons you're getting your feel you get your favorite weapons then you get strong enough that you can kind of survive and then the game kind of truly begins. Um, but yeah, it's incredible. It's free on iOS <laughs> and on uh, Google Play. Go play it. Ignore Sherling coughing and dying in the background. Um, it's it's a really good Sherling game. Wishes she was um, a vampire please, right everyone, now. play it. Can I? Vampire can I? It's all, while, it's, while it's a bit roguelike. Yeah, she's coughing again. Good. I have uh-huh. a chance to speak. Uh, yeah, you can also play offline. So that's another great thing. Um, yeah, really. I really recommend everyone. It's free. Go play it now. And come here's back to my question right I that I was struggling to get out while coughing. My question is, Matt, is there, is there an online component? Can I play with you and Dev maybe? No, no. It's very much what you versus the world kind of okay. thing. Okay. And then my other question is, now that I just launched the, the game for the first time, who should I pick as my character? Whoever Antonio, you want. Whoever you want. It's That's all it's all you. I think Antonio is a nice, easy one because you have to wait for the baddies oh, to get close. I think it's, I it's fun because like the best characters are the ones where you don't have to move at all, really. Where they just like stuff, like hell is happening around you and you're destroying things. Yeah, they just spam their nonsense uh, spells. But love it, love you. it. But yeah. Also, the garlic guy is kind of love fun. Love the garlic guy. Um, this is a game that can quickly make you feel like a god if you're doing it well oh, and that is very oh, very rewarding oh, oh. okay so okay. playing the game so i think let's pause the game oh, I'm or dead. i will ri- I died. yeah I died. good job <laughs> that was really way that's too uh that's Sherlin <laughs> playing vampire survivors live well that's it for the episode this week everyone thank you as always for listening our theme music is by game composer dale north our outro music is by our very own terence o'brien the podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Davindra online at... At Davindra on Twitter. And uh, my Mastodon is linked in my bio because I don't know how to say a Mastodon name right now. Um, and also, I podcast about movies and TV at thefilmcast.com. If you want to find Matt Smith online, you can find him on... On Twitter, I'm on that at that Matt Smith. I haven't gone for a Twitter substitute yet because they're all kind of rubbish. And I'm now also on Instagram with the same handle, that Matt Smith one t in matt if you want to tell me how my arms are not string beans you can hit me up on twitter i am at sherlin low still well i am also on mastodon and if there's been people following me there cool email us at podcast at engadget.com leave us a review please on itunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts we will not have an episode next week but we will be back on december 29th They're always up their own butts. They're always like sniffing their own farts and being like, smells like money. It smells like money.